Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Amplify Your Business. Today, I am joined by Virginia Warnstaff. Virginia is the CEO of OSP Microcheck, which is a very, very interesting business that is doing something that I didn't even know even existed. So I'm really excited to learn more about that business, as well as Virginia's entrepreneurial journey. So Virginia, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, before we get into what it is that you're doing over at OSP, uh, Microcheck, let me understand a little bit more about, you know, your thoughts around entrepreneurship and what would you consider to be three key things that every entrepreneur needs to know? Be bold. I think that's number one. Um, I think we're fueled by our passion and we're going after something that we really believe in and that requires some boldness and some courage as well for that. Trust the timing of your life is a big thing. I think that um, we try to make big decisions because we want to get someplace faster. And I think that's that can be risky. And I think if you um, trust the timing of the lessons that you need to learn in order to make your next decision, it's uh, the journey is easier. I, I feel the easier um, and uh, uh, a little bit more predictable to get to the end, the end goals that you guys are focusing on. Yeah. Um, and then help others on the way. Always help others. I think that it's, yeah, we get too focused on our, our personal goals and our accountability when we're, we're taking on those entrepreneurial sort of ventures. And we forget that there's a whole network, there's resources, there's support around us. Um, and if you look to help others, they will do the same thing for you. And it, it's, that's a huge part of that journey. Yeah, that's a huge page out of my book as well. And so one of the things that we um, really try to emphasize or, or really embed into our culture here at Ample Media is serving others first. And so um, I believe very strongly that if you are helping other people, good things just come from that. And then you can, you can call it karma, you can call it whatever you want, but it is just the act of serving other people, helping them out. You're just going to attract uh, you know, the reciprocalness of that, the, the, uh, and it's just deeper relationships and, and everything. And, and really business is driven off of relationships. What's the easiest way to create a good relationship? Well, be help, helpful of other people, I guess. Right. I, I couldn't agree more. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So tell me now then OSP microcheck, what is that business all about? Uh, we're all about microbes. So um, not in the medical sense, but in the industrial sense, we most of our business is focused in oil and gas. And I don't think people really realize what influence those communities have on industrial applications. Um, everything from corrosion issues to creating poisonous gases, sulfide production, H2S, things like that. So with the advancement of technologies out there on the microbial side of things, and even more so since the pandemic has come through, we have access to equipment and testing technologies, uh, especially in the DNA realm, where we can start evaluating those communities, understanding these environments and these communities better so that we can control, eliminate, inhibit, manage microbes um, to sort of, and it works on both sides. Like most of what we do is to uh, help reduce problems and we provide solutions through chemical treatments to reduce microbes that cause problems. But there's also really beneficial things that can be done with bioremediation and enhanced oil recovery using very specific communities. So it's, uh, it's very exciting to be a part of that. 
and it just blows my mind when you were talking before we hit the record button about how you know the the advances that were made in DNA um, you know analysis and so on when it comes to microbes in the um, COVID era that we're in uh, that has directly impacted your business and that you guys are doing these kinds of tests on all these different microbial communities and that's just I had no idea that it was that kind of science happening in the oil and gas industry so that's just really cool mm -hmm. yeah like the swabs that we've used for qpcr testing even just the general knowledge about what qpcr testing is I mean that's something we were doing years before the pandemic came along but now that there's a sense of um, understanding around it and the pandemic created better access to equipment and all of these supporting peripheral pieces that's we can do the testing with um, once we got through some of the supply chain challenges of course um, yeah. but now now other markets have access to that to support what they're doing too yeah now you have offices in Calgary as well as in Houston uh, do you operate globally or is it North American what's the the uh, the market size I guess that you guys are tackling uh, we have global reach but most of our business is concentrated in North America and on the North American oil plays too as well um, we have partnerships with the company in the Netherlands so we do uh, some work over with them as well um, but yeah we're growing every day we're hoping to continue expanding that yeah well and it's it's probably something that is a growing industry uh with um you know it sounds well to me it's a fairly novel science but i'm sure this has been going on for a while within the oil and gas industry uh but now it's probably with the advances in science and technology something that is just becoming much more accessible for a lot more companies i would imagine to start to leverage what you guys do right accessible and it's amazing the accessibility drives the learning too because now yeah. we have insight into so many more places where we didn't before um, we're breaking through all of these preconceived ideas about who is there and why they're there and how they they change over time um, and you think about how the oil and gas industry has evolved uh, with hydraulic fracturing and large large volumes of water and we're trying very diligently to um, manage water differently and more ethically and um we are creating these different communities of microbes by changing those types of initiatives as well so having this level of insight alongside and in alignment with those um, efforts is uh amazing honestly it's it's giving us the data we need to make decisions yeah now from what i understand in terms of your entrepreneurial journey is uh you didn't start the company this company's been around for a few decades right and so you've come in in the last six years um to uh, as an employee and then you bought into the company about three years ago and now you're leading the company as of a couple months ago did i ca capture that all right Yes. <laughs> okay, perfect. I want to make sure I have the right timeline. Um, but you have a history of uh, entrepreneurial ventures with you and your your husband and that. So um, I would love to get a better understanding as to um, when you're coming into a company uh, as an employee and pivoting then to um, an investor and then pivoting to the leader of it, that background that you have a, that's really based around some of the other entrepreneurial journeys that you've had, what the role does that play in your success here with OSP? Huge. I, I think that it's a mindset of um, 
once you it's, there's a difference between hard work and passion and I think that's part of it and when you find mm-hmm. yourself whether it's in a different company or a company you started yourself um, or if you're looking to place yourself in a company I think that's key in what's going to take you to the next step and having that entrepreneurial side of myself and doing different adventures with my husband with our own businesses uh, I, I tend to look for those sorts of things um, alignment with my value system that's, that's something that's very important and I found at OSP and I think that was probably the first steps into um, really being confident in taking the next steps to implement change or to fuel direction and this company is very collaborative um, type of executive leadership and that's essentially what takes it to the next level uh, presenting ideas in the same way I would if it was my own business to my own clients saying I think this is a good idea because I believe in this because um, and that is what shapes OSP as a company we've gone through many different changes with different leadership over the year and everyone has been successful and it, you don't have to stick to a certain formula as long as you have all those components and that drive and the support to move it to the next step whatever that might be yeah yeah it's it's really interesting I think like you said the passion right is such a critical piece of the puzzle no matter what you're doing whether you're in the ownership chair or if you're in the employee chair success is going to come to those who can really uh, find passion within the things that they're doing, because it just allows you to, you know, just show up at a different level, a different degree than what you normally would if you didn't have that. Absolutely. I totally yeah. agree. <laughs> yeah. So <I'm> very passionate. <laughs> <laughs> now, oh, you had mentioned before we hit the record button, uh, I, I, a phrase which I really liked and wrote it down and that's that you are a conduit uh, for the science is what you found yourself in many roles in the past, as well as your role as uh, when you came in as the uh, CTO, right? The chief technology officer at OSP Microcheck. And so um, having that basis of the technology really makes sense as you're trying to grow a company um, that is really has such a huge science play um, at, at, at stake here. Now, in terms of the entrepreneurial mind and mindset versus the scientific mindset. Um, do you find that those are at odds at times or do they complement really nicely in your uh, case, I guess? It's a very good question. I think they complement each other very nicely. I think others might disagree with me, um, <laughs> but the scientific mindset is about um, data-driven decisions, objectivity, um, being able to change your perception of things, to break through biases, to search for evidence, you know, in spite of your biases and those types of things. So those, I think, align very well with an entrepreneurial type of mind. Um, and again, that that concept of being a conduit of science or the, a conduit of information too, um, like I work with teams of PhDs and highly academic um, individuals and in associations that are highly scientific. And, and I, I technically, I'd, I'm not a scientist. I don't have that um, educational background. Um, but it's that, again, the combination of the science mindset and, and the entrepreneurial mindset that drives you to look for certain things. There are so many ideas out there and so many people who are passionate about those ideas in science, but sometimes they end up just staying and cycling within the academic world because there is no lifeline to get it out to the people who could use it. 
Um, and we, we don't call ourselves a research and development company. We call ourselves an experimental development company because mm. it's really what we're doing is we're taking all of those ideas. And don't get me wrong, again, we have tried things that have not worked at all, but we're not afraid to try. And I think that's, you really got to dive into things. Um, and I've, I've seen a few different people who do similar things that I do, and they call themselves science communicators and innovation connectors. And I, I love it. I absolutely love it. It's And you're, you're connecting not only with the clients that can use that to drive decisions and to really help different markets, but the fulfillment that you give to the people that create them and, and have yeah. worked on them and to connect those two people, I just love it. I absolutely love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's really exciting, right? Because I, I know um, with some of the companies that we've had the privilege of working with, uh, startups who are very much the academics who are taking some sort of research that they have been working on in the labs, and now they have are trying to spin it out into a company. Um, there's, there's a lot of struggle there that happens oftentimes because they they see the opportunity that this technology, this new science is going to afford, you know, the, the venture and, and solve some problems for whoever that customer might be. But it's really difficult sometimes for them to fully realize how to position it, how to communicate it, how to really um, connect those the, the, the dots, so to speak, so that the marketplace then can really fully understand the power of what is there. And, uh, and I'd imagine that must be a lot of the magic that you bring to the table. And it, sometimes it's like the color of something. Maybe it's just the way that somebody interacts with it. Like some of those solutions can be so simple, but again, it's, um, you, you got to, it's, it's that connection. You got to find that piece that's going to make it work. And yeah, sometimes it is absolutely magic. I totally agree. It's a handbook. It's education. It's, it can be very, very simple things, but um, it, it's, a, it's a bottleneck within a lot of what we deal with is trying to, and even stuff that we already have that we're working with, um, we're trying to make it accessible to too many people perhaps, or or getting too specific, like uh, it's it's almost like it's science in itself for usability. I think. Yeah. So I'm curious about the differences. I guess it might be. So is there uh, unique challenges to coming in as an employee and then an investor and now leading the company versus starting your own company? Um, I can understand, you know, some pros and cons to sort of, sort of both scenarios, uh, in your mind, what are some of the biggest challenges that you have to overcome in that role versus the role that you've had in the past as being, you know, the entrepreneur who started something? I, I think it, there's a safety in the process that I took with this company specifically. And I don't think that's a bad thing to look for something that has, you know, a little more safer route, taking risks. And I think the, the glorification of things like Shark Tank and, yeah. you know, you got to dive in and 
present your ideas and you know you're trying to get the the big money and the investments and stuff like that like that can be like incredibly scary and uh and risky and um but there's i feel like there's this wonderful middle ground where if you again find these these lovely companies that have this openness to evolve and to want to take on new ideas and to become something different or better or or bigger whatever those those goals are that vision is um that you can kind of go in a very similar path and um, take smaller steps, less riskier steps. And as long as, again, you're driven by the same things. Um, and if you have a support network and a leadership team that supports it, um, it's it's just another option, I think. And I, I, that's something I try to teach people out there too, again, because I, yeah. there's, there's not just these two things. There's this wonderful world in between that you can find um, and grow your career and be incredibly passionate and make change um without having to start your own business and again there's some very fulfilling components of that and some i have great pride in some of the stuff that my husband and i have worked on and in other sectors and markets for sure um but i think i love them both the same to be honest yeah yeah, it's a matter of whether or not you are empowered to be able to flex that entrepreneurial uh, mindset and drive and so on, right? And and so obviously you found a fit where you do have that potential. And I I want to just kind of reflect a little bit more on some of the things that you just mentioned there because I think that us as entrepreneurs who like. I guess us as the public, really, um, we really do kind of put them into two boxes where you're an entrepreneur or you're not, you're an employee. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and so when we define ourselves as an entrepreneur, there's something, um, there's a little bit of resistance there uh, to taking the route that you took in this most recent uh, journey that you're on, because then you're kind of like, I don't know, giving up on your, you're losing your identity because entrepreneurship becomes so much of your identity as an individual. Sometimes when you're the one creating businesses, when you're the founders. And so then when you step away from your business and go work for somebody else, then it's like, okay, now who I am I, <laughs> I suppose. Right. Absolutely. And obviously you're still the same person and you've obviously put the same energy and passion into this. And that's why now you're leading this again. Right. So it doesn't change who you are. But in some ways, we do feel some how that we're maybe giving up or or that we're we're doing something wrong if we're stepping away from being the founder. And I, I think it comes down to what you're motivated by as well. Like, um, and and two businesses can if I'm hiring employees, like as a, a business too, seeing somebody has a resume that is all entrepreneurial endeavors and starting their own businesses, um, does that. I know a lot of people wouldn't hire based on that because it has this, again, you have characteristics that may work against what I'm trying to do because, you know, this is the way I'm running my company. But if you can find alignment, and I, I think that is so true. And I talk about aligning my values with the company that I'm working for, because that is very important to me feeling fulfilled and that I'm in the right place. Um, but you can align vision, you can align, you know, your objectives as a company and, I find that a very freeing thing. I have a wonderful team and and I know that we are all focusing on the exact same goals. And maybe that's a, a, a part of just, you know, being a good leader and creating a vision that everybody buys into and agrees with. Um, but I, I know that their decisions are going to be the right ones. 
yeah. right? And and that their independent nature and their entrepreneurial endeavors within my company are still aligned with who we are and what we want to be. And I mean, it makes my job a heck of a lot easier as a leader. And we move forward a lot faster by allowing people to take on those things within their roles. Um, And and when we're as small as we are and are trying to be as leading edge and technically driven as we are as well, um, having that mindset is incredibly beneficial and supportive of our success. Um, So again, I think there are options. There's these different places where you can exist in that range um, that can still fulfill all those things. Yeah, yeah, completely. So I'm I'm curious because you uh, said that the business has been around for about 30 years, um, and there's been a big shift in over those 30 years in the things that they were doing or the way that they were approaching the business. And one of those most recently was about three years ago, I think you said. Um, and so walk me through that a little bit in terms of, um, I guess, what is easier at this stage of the company's journey, so 30 years in, um, to be able to allow you the opportunity to really um, evolve that business and change the business and and, and react to the marketplace. Um, what, what's unique that's going on over at OSP? Because in a lot of other companies, a 30-year company is very mature and oftentimes resistance to change is a huge issue within those companies. But it doesn't seem like that's the case with OSP. You're, you said, I think, that you're reinventing yourself uh, or it has gone through that a few times. So so share with me a little bit of some insight there as to what makes that this organization that you're leading right now so nimble in that regard, so flexible. Absolutely. And I Again, this is credited to all the people that have driven the success of this company up until the point that I've come into it, but I'm trying to maintain that mindset as well. And it's really one of, um, flexibility doesn't capture it, but there's there's this ability to accommodate change in a way, and you have to structure your business or you have to structure your teams to be able to accommodate change on a regular basis as well. And it's not meant to be haphazard or like we're just oh, something shiny and going after it. It's allowing yourself to follow success. So when opportunities come to us and we do follow the success of the individuals that we hire, um, we're, we've moved into new markets because we've hired an individual that has a great depth of knowledge and expertise in it. And we're like, great, we have support now. We have a network, we have you know knowledge, we have expertise, and that opens up success for us. And so in order to do that, um, again, it's a, it's a culture that surrounds that, and it's also how you structure the people within it as well. We have switches that we can turn on and off, and it, in a lot of ways, it's the same way that we sort of, you know, weathered through the pandemic as well, is that you need to understand and have a priority in what drives you in the heart of you and what keeps you going so that I can switch this off, I can switch this off, I can turn this one on, and then we can sort of maneuver and move forward in that way. Um, it has to do with core group of people. It has to do with being able to manage contracts and you know utilizing the support network. It has to do with partnerships with an industry that we support each other. Um, we're not a contract driven company either. A lot of our partners are simply handshakes. You know, mm. I'm going to give you a call. You give me a call, and we support each other in that way too. So 
it's this overall flexible nature of who we are that tends to allow us to evolve, change, survive, take on new endeavors. And then again, at the core of that, um, the ownership team is like phenomenal. Like they love hearing about great new stories and innovation and things that we're trying. And they're very, very supportive of those things as well. I think if they were too stuck in their ways and had a single vision, but it's, it's very, they, they love hearing how we're changing, adapting, moving forward as well. So it gives the freedom to do that within the company and the culture. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's great. It sounds like just, uh, you guys have an incredible culture there. Um, I really, really appreciate that because <laughs> good cultures create great companies, I think. And so it's really cool. Um, I am curious because, uh, you know, you've had a bunch of different entrepreneurial journeys along the way. And, and so your experiences are quite vast. Um, if you could bring along on this particular part of your journey right now, um, some entrepreneur, another entrepreneur, uh, whether it's a famous personality, somebody you know, um, who would that be and why would you want them to be on this journey with you? Uh, I, I My first instinct is always members of my family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, maybe it's because we're all in the same mindset. Um, we have a lot of fun together. I, I think that's Partly too, I think being an entrepreneur, you put so much of your life and so much of your time into those companies and those endeavors, and it can get hard to balance things and to make time for the other side of life. And we always talk about work-life balance. I tend to like to tip the scales to the things that bring me the most value. And I love bringing my friends and my family into that and to be a part of that because then then everybody's enjoying it at the same time. And I'm not having to, you know, balance or, or cut things or to change things or be worried, I guess, more, more about being worried about time management. Mm. So having somebody next to me that I enjoy spending my time with, which is part of the reason why my husband and I have done so many adventurous things together as well, because we yeah. could spend time to each other and do exactly what we love. Um, so yeah, I, I would definitely take my family with me. Plus they're all entrepreneurial in yeah. mindsets as well and skilled and, you know, business sense and everything else too. So it would be very, fun. Very cool. I think I would like to have your family with me on my journey, actually. <laughs> things. So um, now kind of in the same vein, in terms of just uh, really leaning into that experience that you've had, um, you know, all the vast uh, knowledge that you've acquired over the years, doing the different things that you've been doing. If you could write your younger self a letter and send that letter back to, you know, Virginia of whatever date that's going to be, tell me who you're sending it back to. So what era of Virginia's uh, journey, I guess, are we sending this letter back to? And what would be in that letter? Ooh, it has to be back to my 20s. I think that's when I worked the hardest. <laughs> yeah. I think it, like, yeah. it was like a four days off a month. My husband planned my wedding for me. I showed up. And I, I didn't even go to the wedding venue. I was just like so committed and was so excited about what I was doing. Um, but I wouldn't change any of it. And time travelers rules, you can't change anything. I That's right. That. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but to trust it, just to trust it. Again, I think mm. it comes down to not trying to do things too fast. And I, I would not be here if I hadn't learned so many lessons. I wouldn't have the 
the ability to make the decisions with the the perspective that I have if I didn't learn every single one of those lessons yep. um had to do it maybe I'd tell myself not to change my hair color so much but other than that <laughs> just keep going yeah yeah <laughs> Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story, uh, your journey, some of the insights that you've picked up along the way with us today, Virginia. I really appreciate it. Oh, I really appreciate talking to you. Thank you so much. So if somebody were to try to connect with you or learn more about OSP Microcheck, what's the best way to do that? Uh, by all means, reach out to me on LinkedIn. Um, I'm not sure if you guys share my much data on this, but please reach out to me if there's anything shared there. And our website is ospmicrocheck.com. And we have fun microbial stuff all over that you can learn about if you want to go into that site. Yeah, yeah, it's a fun site, actually, really well designed. Uh, so kudos to whoever was on your web team there. So great job. Well, that's a wrap, everybody. If you like this episode, head over to amplifyyourbusiness.ca. That's where you're going to find the archives, as well as searching Amplify Your Business on your favorite podcasting platform. We'll find the audio version as well. Until next time, everybody have a prosperous day. 